So I'm about to do this, and we're going to set this off. I'm pretty proud of myself because I got rid of the cough. This COVID time gave me time to clean, clean out my system, and y'all know what I mean. I done sat still, spent many hours and chill, and I'm still able to give you something you could feel. I try not to get angry or get too pissed when I think about the way Cheeto, he done dissed the people of America. We are mm. staring at ya. I don't know what's wrong, but these people got me like, gotcha, gotcha. It's like they uh. got us in a chokehold. What mm. we gonna do, see, to break their fold? New stories need to be told. We got to elevate. Come on, black people. Say we got to relate and understand the way they tried to underrate us. We can't debate us in God. We gotta yeah. trust. I don't mm. mean yeah. to fuss. Hey y'all, it's Anifa Walida. And it's Red Summer. And we are your gay aunties. <laughs> and today we have Tony Blackman on the show, y'all. And we also have MC Sharon and Spady for the Global Women's Cypher. So excited. So excited. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, babies. Okay, now, y'all, if it is your first time here on Your Gay Aunties um, and you have no idea where you are, and just imagine getting some bad news, you know, from an ex-lover and you need an auntie to drive you to the clinic and you realize you don't have one. Well, you can listen to us while you drive your own ass to the clinic. <laughs> Because whether your aunties are at the wheel or not, you need to take your ass to the clinic. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Now that is great advice. And for those of you all who are just joining us, we want you to know that Shigay Aunties is a bi-weekly live show and podcast that is centered around queer adulting. So every other Sunday, (laughs) we go live on YouTube where we answer your questions about life, love, and all of the complicated details (laughs) of your good gay life. (laughs) So subscribe below if you are watching us on YouTube. And if you miss us live on Sundays, you can come on over and check us out one more again on Wednesdays (laughs) on our audio podcast by the same name, You Gay Aunties which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And you know you can email us at yourgayaunties at gmail.com. You can DM us, you know what I'm saying? However, however you, you we roll in the internets, we there maybe. I don't know, maybe, I don't, I don't know. We, we trying to figure out. I don't know about Snapchat. That's not happening, y'all. But wherever we are on the internet, it's <laughs> no not on no TikTok. Not just, it's too much, too much, too much, too much. <laughs> no matter where we are, uh, we are your gay aunties when we do decide to show up. Um, you know, so just uh, find us there, basically, and know that uh, we are always where you are, and just know that welcome home, child, with your gay aunties, because we are here for children, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, we have two things or two ways that you can reach out to us by sending us a letter telling us about a situation that you're going through, or you can send us one adulting question that you want us to answer live during the post show. That's right. That's right. So let's, uh, you know, yes. exactly, darling. Exactly. Yeah, so we can jump into things today. Um, we want to start by thanking our latest Patreon members, Pollard, 
Paula and Mr. Adasa. Yes. I believe yes, is how Mr. you Dasa. say That's it. my boy. That's my boy. I know why he got on. I know why you got on. You want to share the music. We'll explain that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, it's good because they're both signed up on the Auntie Look to uh, tier of Patreon, which we're going to talk about in a bit right when we get to the break. But thank you so much, Paula and Mr. Adasa, and welcome to the YGA Patreon. And all of you all can check us out at patreon.com slash your gay aunties. Because we have gifts for the children. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and these times are bringing us more gifts wrapped in interesting packaging. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. I think that's yes, a good indeed. way to, to, to pull it. I mean, I'm put it. I mean, I mean, look, the, the, the biggest news uh, right now is um, we potentially will have a black and Asian woman as vice president of these Ooh. United States. Absolutely. I don't know. So how you, you feel know about the, that? The, the black people have been in an uproar since this announcement all on the internet. It depends on what some, internet you own. It depends right, on what internet you own. Some positive, <laughs> some celebratory. I know all of the uh, Howard Bisons and all of the AKAs were definitely celebrating uh, <laughs> their connection to the candidate, um, as well as the HBCU graduates. Like, whatever way people connected, they were absolutely celebrating. And then there was the flip side. It was the flip side. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about, like, what the Republicans had to say. Like, this is just, because I don't have a whole bunch of those on my page to know what they have to say. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs> and it's, it's slim. And my, <laughs> like and my, my, and my Republicans on. are Republicans. They're more conservative, fiscally conservative, but they still black. Mm-hmm. Well, you met mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he has a whole radio show and everything. I just, okay, well, we're going to let you mm, go ahead. Yeah, we're going to let you go ahead, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but um, some are looking at her background as a prosecutor, um, her identity uh, politics, I guess, because, you know, as I mentioned, people are just like, oh, she's an HBC graduate. Oh, she pledged a sorority. And some people are, some people are like, yeah, but she don't really like black people like that. <laughs> you know, and okay, here's a, here's a thing, but here's a, here's the thing. Uh, and, and you know, these times have really present really hard choices. Mm-hmm. And decisions, because choices, you make the choice, and decision is the action. So you can choose yeah. whether or not to vote, but if you vote, is the action, is the actual decision, you know. But the thing with, I mean, when I heard, you know, look, I'm not doing backflips. I'm not particularly excited about her, other than things like what you just mentioned. I think HBCUs are going to get the hell of a, an upgrade. Their endowments are going to explode. They're going to attract new talent. I think it's it can be... Uh, turning stone for the overall place and status of HBCUs in the United States. I can, you know, because we have the raw talent. We just need the support. And sometimes this kind of cultural and political support is real. (laughs) All right? (laughs) HBCUs can bring people to the White House. So in that, I'm really looking to see the good and the, the inherent beauty of her 
um, rising to that position, even potentially the position, because hey, you know, Joe, you know, keep hanging on, Joe, but I'm just saying. You know, yeah. you know and, I, and I'm not excited about neither one of them. And her record is not something to write home about. But mm-hmm. what one of the things I've learned in life is that um, it's not so much making it simple like, oh, people change, but people evolve and people are, are set themselves up in life for moments in life that they don't even expect. And so I'm kind of saying that don't nothing happen for nothing, all right? These are the two that we need. It's not about wanting. (laughs) It's about need these two people to occupy the White House so they can at least start the repair. Because I know we want to go forward with a lot of progressive stuff, and I think there's a window of opportunity to do that with or without either one of them. Keep, Mm. Keep in mind of your power. They're just there to hold, they plug the holes in the boat so we do not sink. And if you expect anything else out of them, out of these four years, (laughs) you are deluding yourself. Who can plug the holes in the boat? And if you're not aware how damaged we've become because of these last four years, you really need to do your homework and, and keep hitting the streets, keep putting their feet to the fire. But we need people we can actually put the fire to. Mm-hmm. That could take some of that heat. Yeah. And it's hard. Okay, well, I mean, are y'all really surprised? But, and there's also been a lot of conversation about, you know, well, we expect politicians to put our agenda first, but we don't even know what our agenda is. Well, we have a lot is, of agendas. For sure. <laughs> right? And so, like you said, if we're not, like, Champion, championing for whatever causes the, that are important to us. Not that black people are a monolith mm-hmm. and that we all agree on a certain thing or we all think that one solution is going to work. Like whatever your your goals are that you're trying to accomplish locally, nationally, whatever those things are, you need to make sure that you are bringing those to the table in every way that you possibly can. For sure. And wonderfully enough i mean it's it's turned out chaotically for our sitting president but you have direct access to a lot of people that you used to not have access to you can just at your local politicians (laughs) (laughs) and call them out and (laughs) get responses and so with that there is um a greater opportunity for you to make sure that you are prioritizing the things that you say are important and you are doing that work as well and not just waiting on your politician to do it all for you. Exactly. So like the ancestors <laughs> said, there's a reason they say keep your eyes on the prize, all right? And this is something they don't talk about, all right? Keeping your mm. eyes on the prize means you're going to be distracted by things you do not like. You're mm. going to be distracted by your need as... Uh, a part of an oppressed people to vent and to want and to demand. And though you have the right to do that, it also can be a distraction if you don't keep your eyes on the prize. This is a marathon. Mm-hmm. I know it feels like it's a 50-yard sprint with all that's been going on. Like, we're getting there real quick now. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> it is still... <laughs> a marathon. So though we're not a lot of us, some people are very happy. Kamala got you know the the nom or the 
got picked it or yeah. whatever. But for those of y'all that are not that happy, um, keep if your you eyes are surprised. If you are a citizen, you can run next time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because if you don't vote, you better be running. You better be doing something. That's the equivalent mm-hmm. of a vote. And right now, that is you have no power greater than that. <laughs> this year, baby. Oh, no I do have to say what um, I was visiting my mom in Chicago. Yes. And on my way out, she had some letters that needed to be dropped in the mail bills or whatever. I don't know. But I said, OK, I'll drop them off for you on my way out. I drove 23 blocks before I found a mailbox. 23 blocks. And so that just was one of those things that kind of was like, hmm, didn't it used to be one right at the corner? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is weird. And then I saw a story that they've been collecting the mailboxes before the election so that people don't mail in their votes. And they're shutting down the sorting machines and they're killing overtime, which is essential to get the mail out. You know how many people live in America? (laughs) So... (laughs) So this is what we're up against. And I get it. You know, we have all kinds of reasons to like or not like somebody. But we are up against, like, low-down, dirty tactics we're, at this point. We're up against a Netflix documentary. This is a Netflix documentary about some random country <laughs> and how the dictator took over the country. And da, 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 And we're like, wow, how could they let that happen? Oh, wow. Oh, those poor people. We are those poor people now. And that shows that not everybody is, when shit goes down in your country, not everybody, there are people who are catching hell, people who are scoping by, people who are oblivious. Mm-hmm. Which one are you? Yeah. And then there are the fighters. Which one are you? Absolutely. Don't sleep. Anyway. Woo. Anyway. Anyway. It is times right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can light it up a little we bit. We can light it up a little bit. I love I love this new uh, uh, part of the show called Follow Me. Um, so this episode's Follow Me listener is um, at Lady Has a Light, and Lady Has a Light loves to review like different hair, skin, and uh, and body self care products on her page. And so like her personality just made me I don't know want to buy something. And I'm like you know what she get, <laughs> she's she getting her hustle on. I love her energy. So you know we're gonna just return your good energy lady has a lighter into our YG universe. And so this is the edited, edited version of Lady Has a Lighter reviewing uh, some products. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Yeah. Oh, this is pure pear berry buttercream. Oh wow, that smells so good. Did I get it on my nose? I think I got a little bit on my nose. Oh, this lotion is luxurious. Mm, This smells so good and honestly the color. Look at that, isn't that gorgeous? Look at the color, I love it. Ooh, herbal tea. So anyone who knows me knows that I am a tea fanatic. I love tea. I I can't live without tea. I feel about tea that most people feel about coffee. I have an entire cupboard dedicated to just tea. Just tea. So whatever mood I'm in, there's a tea for that. So here's the last smell for today. Oh, hold on. Did I? Mm, I did it on both. Okay, let me do here. 
This is like a, I'm meeting a new guy type. I'm meeting a new guy and I want to smell like sunshine, rainbow, and uh, a wife that cooks good. <laughs> the prolonged exposure, especially for women and minority women, to a lot of these chemicals and what we're putting on our bodies and faces every day in the form of makeup, soap, lotion, whatever, can cause um, complications for us down the road. So I'm a huge advocate for making sure that the products you're using are good for your skin. Really, really, really enjoy Lady yeah. Has a Lighter. Like the way that she just describes the the smallest detail of a thing. It's <laughs> just beautiful. <laughs> and so if you want your beautiful spirit to be featured on the show, then follow us. Yes. <laughs> do whatever it is that you do naturally, normally. Just be your wonderful self in your feed. And your gay aunties will be checking in on you. And you could also be a part of the show. Yep. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. You is us and we is you. <laughs> All right, so it's time for our bag of gems. So let's see what we got for the children. For sure. Well, I'll start. Um, so in two days, we'll be coming up on the anniversary of an event that led to a historic case in the LGBT uh, history, right? So uh, specifically the history of black lesbian women in America. Um, on August 18th, 2006, seven women from Newark, New Jersey became known as the New Jersey Seven after they mm. were physically attacked by Dwayne Buckle. Uh, Dwayne catcalled one of the young ladies who responded that she wasn't interested because she was gay. And this led him to follow them. He threatened to rape them straight and then physically attacked them. So when they responded in self-defense, the women were arrested under, under a New Jersey statute that defined a gang as two or more people who are present at the time of an altercation. So all seven of the women were arrested and charged with various crimes at that time. In the media, they were touted as a vicious lesbian gang and a wolf pack, right? <laughs> and all kinds of things like that. Um, and the narrative was spun that they had been recruiting young children into a gang whose sole purpose was to attack straight men. So although they mentioned in their case that Sakia Gunn had been murdered months before in a similar situation, um, and had they not defended themselves and they would have or may have met a similar fate, four of them were still convicted and given prison terms ranging from three to 11 years. So although they are all free now, thankfully, after some wonderful work and community organizing, um, they still live with the mark of felony convictions on their lives, which can affect job seeking, housing, and other essential means of survival. So today, I want to remember and honor these sisters and the struggle and sacrifices that they've made in the name of self-preservation. Uh, Shanice Loyal, Lania Daniels, Kamisha Coates, Venice Brown, Terrain Dandridge, Patrice Johnson, and Renata Hill. We at Yegay Aunties, we see you, we love you, we have not forgotten you. And for more information about this case, you can check out the documentary film, Out in the Night. Yes. Yes. 
Excellent film. Yeah. Excellent. 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 So much information in it, too. Yeah. I remember, I literally remember when this happened. I was hanging out in Washington Square Park, and someone just mentioned, yo, 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 I heard of these girls knife this, um, this dude. No, rather, they didn't say, like, they, they basically, um, they was like, um, yo, these girls knifed this dude that was accosting them. It's like, they kicked, they kicked his ass. Like, that was just the mm. thing. And it was kind of just, okay, another story in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Motherfucker yeah. got beat down trying to play themselves. Oh well, and then we go on with our lives, and then but then the backlash. Yeah, how people, in particularly not just the establishment, but black people, they stomp for this nigga. Okay, yeah. they stomp for this nigga. This nigga could do no wrong. You know, these were these aggressive wannabe manish. You know, mm-hmm. motherfuckers um, attacking. He was playing victim. He was being attacked. And there was even one part where he had had like a hernia surgery and he showed the scar from his surgery pretending uh-huh. that they had, that that was part of his attack right you <laughs> from know. the girls. It was it's I remember a a lot of that um happening and like you said it was mostly it was mostly used as a fear tactic, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, these lesbians are out here trying to kill straight men. They want to take over. Mm-hmm. They want to get rid of the black family. Like, all of that kind of stuff. And the, those kind of stories are the ones that just kind of linger with me. So I wanted to share that with, with you all today. Oh, man, that was, ugh, yeah. And I guess shows that all lives do matter in the real sense of the word. <laughs> um, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm fucking push off. But, but no, no. But the reason why they got railroaded though is because black people really did not defend them. You know, yeah. not not. You know, there was a lot of queer communities that was trying to come out, or black queer communities. But you know, but like you said, yeah. like you said. Anyway, all right. I'm going to my gym. I have been recently moved by the rant, the let off, the vent. The pure fire, the mm. story and the memories of one Jaguar Wright. Mm. Okay? Because okay. the bitch was there. <laughs> <laughs> okay? So, you know, I don't want to go too much into all that she, everyone has seen all of the, the, the clapback, all right, um, that Jaguar, Jaguar Wright gave um, the whole Neo Soul movement. Um, and as um, an MC of the 90s, I feel you. I don't need no proof, even though everything can be fact-checked. I hear it in your voice. I know what you mean. Mm. But what I wanted people who are really not familiar with Jaguar, even if you are, but are not familiar with Jaguar during the Black Lily days. And if, yeah. you, learned, and if you heard her, her, her video, she really talks about those particular days and how she would decimate the stage and after she get off, the, the club would clear out so no one could come on after her. And But I don't think if you weren't there, you really had no idea. So I went a YouTube a-digging. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and um, I found just two clips that this guy, Larry Rubenstein... <laughs> took of Black Lily at Wetlands um, back in the day. And so I just put a little clip together, but it's mostly features Jaguar, right? With a little bit of Floetry, a little bit of Toshi Reagan, a little bit of Jazzy Fed Nasties and the like. All right, so enjoy. Going back in time. Mm-hmm. 
tonight, tonight, and all you gotta do is say So people came with what they had. She already had a strong background and presence on stage, and she killed it. She had that incubus, which is Black Lily. What? Yeah. People learn from her? Yeah. How to command a stage? Mm. It's good to see wetlands again, too. You know, a little pocket in the... I used to go in that room back and just chill. <laughs> i like, when the show starting? All right, they start yet? I'm like, uh-huh. I'm just going to chill here in the lounge and back. Tell <laughs> 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 me when the show starting. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, well, um, thank you for putting that together. No, I, I wanted to because I don't think because Jaguar can, can shout to the cows came come home of how she was at the very least an inspiration to the the performing aesthetic of a lot of the neo soul. But mm -hmm. unless you were there to see it, you can kind of see where it comes from. 
You know what I mean? I'm not saying everything came from Jaguar right, but she's right to say that I was killing it before other niggas knew how to kill it in my in my generation. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. anyway, so I want to just give Jaguar right in her story a big up. Absolutely. Big up to Jaguar. Big up to Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> so All then right. it must be time for a break I think it is I think it's time for a break a little bit well listen um, have you checked out your gay aunties over on Patreon well we're doing big things y'all and each tier is an opportunity for us to be doing things together with you as a member of the YGA community okay <laughs> so we're going over two of our Patreon tiers today um, last week we introduced you to the first new Patreon tier which is the Auntie Stan which uh, gives you live access to the YGA post show so something um, that we will be making exclusive later on you have access to right now (laughs) so make sure that um you get on that before we get to 2021 Mm -hmm. (laughs) it gets a little exclusive you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the next tier up from the auntie love um you get everything in the auntie stand tier but if you are a creative and you know you're making music or a little bit of films <laughs> that I know you're gonna dig this alright so we are always looking for ways to include those who listen to us here in the show so with Auntie Love for only three dollars come on you $3 you get the monthly opportunity to submit your music or video to be featured on the show. So we want our Patreon to feel like you can just run into your auntie's house to hear your cousin sing, you know, the new song. This shit broke. You know what I'm saying? But see, with us, then the whole neighborhood starts gathering around the house. That's what we're trying to, you know what I'm saying? You feel me, you feel me, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we want to make sure that we strengthen, further strengthen our YGA community. And that begins by hearing what you guys got and featuring what you got. Mm-hmm. And so the next tier after Auntie Love mm-hmm. is Auntie Look. Ooh. Auntie mm-hmm. Look it. Yeah, so not only do you get everything in Auntie Love, but for only $5 a month, you can also enter a monthly raffle, which uh, allows you to actually appear in the YGA post show. So on the show, you'll have five minutes of our undivided attention to either ask a question live or present some new work or talk about an issue that you're passionate about to a larger audience, right? Right. So this is what we're talking about. We become great because of you all. And we can't wait to hear what you see what you want us to hear and what you create mm-hmm. so go on over to patreon.com slash aunties and check out all we have for all you are and could become <laughs> <So All right. laughs> Let, let's get into the meat of things let's get to this week's guest Ooh. Mm-hmm. go all right so our guest for today is Tony Blackman. Mm. Tony Blackman is an artist, innovator, and the U.S. hip hop ambassador. Y'all know which about you know that. I'm impressed with. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, the U.S. State Department's first cultural ambassador for hip hop. 
Tony, who is considered a pioneer artist in hip-hop education, theater, and diplomacy, has traveled to 48 different countries in service uh, using music and the spoken word Mm. to improve the human condition. Tony's innovative work as founder of the Freestyle Union Cypher Workshop and Rhyme Like a Girl laid the foundation for this catalytic moment yes. in her work where she has melded the worlds of hip-hop and spirituality and mindfulness. Yes, can't wait to get into mm. it. <laughs> so this year she'll be releasing her hip-hop meditation content series and her book, Wisdom of the Cypher which will be released on Red Sky Presents. Tony also features in the award-winning children's author Kwame Alexander's new children's show. So let's welcome Tony Blackman. <laughs> Why are you so gorgeous? <laughs> it's the light. It's the light. Ah, oh, you did it. Now I got to mm, give me. You are the, you the light, sis. <laughs> Wonderful. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. And, you know, it's always good to see your face. Tony, uh, outside of being the incredible uh, creative that she is, she's also my sister girlfriend. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we go back. So uh, I'm so happy to finally have you on the show, girl. Well, listen, the U.S. Hip Hop Ambassador, <laughs> that is an impressive title for me. I was like, whoa, really? So what does that entail? And um, how did you come about that so some yeah. things in life they happen it's divine order yeah <laughs> they just happen there's no there's no plan there's no application <laughs> you just show up so what's happened in my life as long as i show up to what i'm supposed to be doing as long as i'm being obedient as long as my intention is clear i know my intention is not clear when nothing is happening Nothing is happening in my world because my lifetime, my destiny been on since I decided I wanted to become a great orator when I was in the fifth grade. Nice. After I had an embarrassing failure, fell down in front of the whole school. By Mm. eighth grade, I got my first standing ovation speaking. You know? And that's when I figured out, like, oh, choose, act, practice, Mm -hmm. happen. You know? It's just that... And so for me, it's like now I spent the last 15, 18 years recovering from church wounds, Mm. from family, from hip hop wounds, music industry wounds, the wounds of patriarchy and the wounds of being an idealist with rose colored glasses with my own trauma, spreading my own trauma and issues and understanding that everybody else is hurting too. And so I think the last 15 years of recovery, but this... Like I, the, the ambassadorship came and I grew into it, but it mostly came, became because I was a hip hop head to the bone, uh, working professionally, doing all kinds of shows, um, had gone to graduate school and had a master's. That's what justified them. Just mm. the two MA, the MA after my, now y'all, I, y'all don't know how bad I didn't want to be in grad school. It was just, it paid my bills. I got an yeah. assistantship. <laughs> So that was like my granddaddy from the heavens above because he always wanted me to get a master's degree. He didn't know what it was. So I went in his spirit when they offered me the position. I said, oh, why not? It was hard. I didn't realize grad school was meant to be hard. <laughs> I drove my professors crazy. 
So, but yeah, it, but it came. There was a sister at the State Department that called me, mm. E.J. Montgomery, and a dude I had worked with before. I had taken some freestyle UNMCs and myself. We worked in a program with 11-year-old black and brown boys to teach mm. behavior modification. It was very progressive for Virginia because it was right outside of D.C. Because it was HIV awareness. So okay. they were starting at 11 with the public health department and the arts and bringing it together. Mad progressive stuff. And he was the one yeah. who, he told them they were looking in the source magazine for the criteria. And he's like, nah, nah. <laughs> and he said, let me send you her press kit. And then they said, you want to go to Senegal? I was like, oh, yeah. Mm, and just yeah. <laughs> so Senegal and Ghana were my first trips, um, assignments. They're po- my first post. And how, so how did that define like a hip hop ambassador? What did they expect you to do? Or what did you expect it yourself wasn't to wasn't called that. It was an American cultural specialist. Oh. And there was a program called the American cultural specialist program, which is now defunct. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, wow. when I, but when we did, I was there, I think two weeks. And then when the concert came, someone from the embassy, they made this huge billboard banner and it had the hip hop ambassador. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. And then the guy, the host of the concert, introduced me as such. And then I got to Ghana. They they were saying it. And so I was resistant to saying it because, you know, hip-hop still very much had a huge stigma in 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. So I was having trouble just t- saying I was teaching hip-hop in school. Like, I, it was a principal that the librarian booked me. And the principal in D.C., he came to the door like, like you know, Joe from Lean On Me. <laughs> He wasn't, letting, he wasn't letting any rappers in his school around his mm. being exposed to his student. Mm. Sweet me, sweet hip hop me. And so <laughs> that had just happened a couple years prior where, so there was still the stigma. And I think over the years it grew to be okay, but yo, I dealt with all kinds of politics. There was some folks where I felt like I got blacklisted for a moment by some conservatives. Um, I'm not going to tell the whole story uh, live yet. I'm not ready, but it wasn't cool. And it was straight hardcore politics. I think I'm gonna put it in the book, in the memoir. <laughs> but yo, they like kind of blacklisted from certain work because they were upset that I was being called the hip hop ambassador, and mm. they blamed me for it. And wow. a friend who was a big time journalist called said, "I recommended you for this opportunity," and then the lady said, "We don't work with her." And that's when wow. I got wow. spooked. You know, I got spooked because you know Ron Brown. No, no, no. You know, know, listen, like, so, you know, I'm glad you brought up Freestyle Union because for me, that's where I was first introduced to you, right? It was the work that you had did with Freestyle Union. But what I think many don't understand, I would love for you to kind of break down your journey with how you was led to start Freestyle Union. Yeah. Uh, you know, the environment you were in at the time, just kind of speak from both an MC and a woman's perspective on how you came to make, create, and and manage freestyle. Well, you know, um, when I was an undergrad at Howard, I chartered an organization, like literally went through all the steps to charter a club called Mm -hmm. URO, which is the United Rappers Organization. But I was very much a naive girl from the Bay, small town Bay, 35 miles east of Oakland. I had no idea how much New York was going to hate just based upon our firm from Cali. Mm. And I had white cowboy boots. 
Because it oh. was hot back in Cali then. And they were like, <laughs> what the hell? You know, <laughs> so I was straight West Coast. I even still have my West Coast accent, you know? Um, I can't even <laughs> pretend it now because I listened to my cousins. I was like, yo, you from Cali. And they're like, you are too. <laughs> but my accent is gone. But I, I, I re- so I, I tried hard for a year, but it just couldn't move because no one was first, I'm a girl. Uh-huh. And second, I'm from the West Coast. Who the hell are you? And then I think a couple years later, I started the hip hop arts movement, which I didn't realize at the time was one of the first hip hop theater companies in the world, mm-hmm. right? So it was blending hip hop, poetry and spoken word, you know, the black classics as well as spoken word and um, and music, African drums, you know, mm-hmm. and a, a upright bass. And so... Um, I, I it got really involved, and I and you know some of the people who were in that collective. This is how I I look back and like I wish I would have had an auntie just telling me like putting a foot in my ass saying this is hot. But because hip hop had a stigma, the aunties were loving me but not affirming what I was choosing yeah. to do. And so there was that space. But like Kwame Alexander, the now children's author, now was in that collective. John Lester Jackson, the scholar at UPenn, brilliant. Yeah, he was in that collective. Um, Ananda Harris, who was on T-Summit, MTV. Um, Ananda Lewis, Ananda Lewis, um, who was uh, that, the Ananda Lewis was in that collective. Um, Donna Ballard, who is now an expert on time. I don't know any other black women scholars who are experts on time. Dr. D- Donna Ballard. I'm terrible with time. I need who, her. Who is at University of Texas at Austin was in that collective. Brian Williams, the founder of Step Africa, the award-winning oh, wow. collective that um, had performed Broadway, was in that collective. And there are a few more. Sydney Marginson was in there for a short time, who was the executive from Atlantic Records. Like, the energy that I was able, as a youngin, naive, knowing how to pull and connect and coordinate. So as this COVID, like I've really been reflecting on how dope I was and how much I didn't know. Hmm. You know, I just didn't know. It came so easy. It came, it flowed through me. And I, and I, my heart was pure in love with hip hop. Surely in love with black men. So much, my writing name for a time was Imani in Blackman. Like going hard, going hard. And so there's this, there's this idealism that I, that I possess that allowed me to get to Freestyle Union. And the Freestyle Union was when one of my mentors said, you need to focus, baby girl. It's Ethelbert Miller. He said, you ever watch those Kung Fu flicks? You know, in the Kung Fu flick and you walk in the compound, you got the dudes over here that's with the prostitutes, all distracted. Then you turn right and you got the guys over here that are like smoking cocaine and weed and they're, and they're drunk and they're high. You walk over here, you got the cats that are gambling. Then you got the lazy motherfuckers. They just sitting over there lazy. They don't do nothing. But you go in the kitchen and it's one dude in the kitchen, in the sink, standing in horse stance, sweating just because he'd been in his squat for so long, washing his bowl, washing his bowl, washing his bowls. And then when the compound gets attacked, 
The other cats are naked and having their orgasms. You got these dudes <laughs> over here who are too high to know what's happening. But who kicks everybody's ass mm. and saves the day? The one dude washing his bowl. He said, you need to wash your bowl. Wow. And so that freestyle union was par partially born out of me choosing to focus on a thing. Mm -hmm. To focus on the thing. And I've used that story with hundreds, if not a thousand young artists that have come yeah. after me because Ethelbert Miller was that everybody's mentor, guy, generous, pay it forward kind of dude. And he kind of, he put that seed in me as well to pay it forward. He was not a hip hop supporter for many years. Ah. He, he was the anti-affirmer. I put that in the book too. But I love him like cooked food because he invested a priceless amount of energy into my evolution and my development. And that's why I take mentorship so seriously. And, I, and I'm luckily I've grown where um, most of my mentor relationships are um, exchanges now. They're more, they're healthier. More so freestyle union like that, I remember you telling the story, you know, of, you know, the, the patriarchy that you experienced in hip hop and, and how that moved you, not just to create free, freestyle union to kind of get away from that, but rather that happened because of your approach to freestyling. Yeah. Wonder, yeah. yeah. My, my approach really, um, it came from my training and development with the speech team. I was on scholarship with the forensics team in undergrad. I competed in public speaking events um, as well as performance events like poetry, interpretation, and drama. But it was the impromptu and extemporaneous speaking that gave me my true confidence um, mm. in having to learn how to think on my feet and speak on my feet, which is one which can be one of the most frightening things in the world um, to do. But my coach taught us a technique. And I mastered that technique. And then I realized how not confident I was prior to having that technique. Although I had performed for thousands of people and read poetry and was the little girl at the Black People Rally. Phenomenal woman. That's me. I was that little girl. <laughs> but all insecure up underneath it, the ability to freestyle rips and strips all that fear that, quote, confident people have. And so that's why it became it became fundamentally important. And so that was what I put out there. And my theory was that if you could give these cats the creative tools to use the mind as a muscle, the need for aggressive lyrics would decrease. Mm. And that was the feminine perspective. And part of what I didn't realize at the time in my ideas, the femininity came through in that I literally would take lamps from our apartment my boyfriend at the time was very supportive and flexible around these things. <laughs> but I would take lamps from the apartment and we would drive to this little art center in Southeast and we would set the lamps up so the lighting would be low. Mm. Then I would get the right kind of incense and we would be there an hour early so that the scent when they walk in would be like completely different from outside. Yes. Right? And then we would sit the chairs in a circle because when people have to sit face to face, their energy changes and it's different. And mm -hmm. then I have the DJ. First, we had a DJ for a little while. Then we realized we didn't need a DJ. We just needed beats, you know, to kind of sync up. And so there would be a, a DJ selector who would kind of line up all of the beats. And so I would ask him, I said, look, play a Tribe Called Quest instrumentals. 
you know, mix that Ron Carter sample, like pull that track and we're going to do this and that. Oh, that Weldon Irving um, opener, loop that. Just loop that for like an hour. And what that would do, that would force cats to go into like a trance, to chill, to leave outside, outside, to let that machismo go for this moment, in this space, in this now. And they started to realize this feels good. We didn't need security. Look at that. We didn't need security. Because of that approach, never needed security. Now, every once in a while, there would be some dude who had a lot of issues or trauma or something bottled up, the cipher would then trigger the fact that we had ground rules, right? Ground rules had to be added as the, the space grew to manage some of the young, young male energy in particular. So like we had ground rules, like the bitch whole shit is not a discussion. So we don't debate whether or not it's valid to degrade women in this space. If that's what you're into, you can do it but not here. So yeah. it's just simple. There's no debate, no discussion, no, are you know, if you bitch, bitch, all you want, bitch, out there. So that was that. <laughs> and then the other ground rule was no battling. You must battle mm-hmm. yourself because you are the own your own worst enemy. It is through mm. battling yourself that you become a true master of the ceremony, that you become a true MC. And so um, um, brother I was with at the time, he was a black, he's like a major black belt now. But he had given me these books, The Art of War and Sun Tzu. He was a Virgo, crazy Virgo artist too, genius. And so I was like, Shorty, Shorty, you need to read this right here, Shorty. And so then me too, hip-hop black nerd, would get excited. So we'd be sitting mm-hmm. there, nerd, 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 sciencing like, oh, this can like help train the brain to do this and do that. And then I started to pull quotes from like Sun Ra has a whole quote about discipline. Or some quote that, um, that, that, that Nina Simone had about Mm -hmm. your your heart and your voice. And so this resonated and it resonated with 15 year old boys. And so the, the, the population people said, you know, you can't do nothing. This DC, this is go, go land. All of it worked. Mm. All of it worked. And so, um, it grew so fast and it grew so powerfully that it grew beyond my capacity to manage it. Because mm-hmm. I was a young woman in the midst of uh, a community, 85 to 90% male most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, also in that naivete, my socialization as a young adult was in a Pan-African community that was patriarchal. Yeah, I grew up yeah. in a patriarchal family as well, yeah. where the men got the final say. Even my uncle was the baby of the family, but the elders, the older sisters, my mom and her sisters would listen to him. Mm-hmm. You know, but so there's like that, that sort of thing. And so I went through a a painful awakening um, to understanding sexism, Um, a painful awakening of being able to recognize what misogyny is. And I wasn't able to embrace it until it happened to me because it was not something I wanted to have to deal with. And I also came, had a painful awakening around this uh, democratic leadership style I had my communal kumbaya oh every we all and my hip-hop my hip-hop purism yes that everybody love hip-hop but that don't mean they love hip-hop because i'm hip-hop so if you don't love me that means you don't love cindy campbell that means you don't love mc Sharrock. that means and if you're not giving love and acknowledgement and recognition to all of these women 
who make the hip hop turntable spin around, then what you're doing, you're like denying half of the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it still happens that we don't even need to talk about what's going on in that. It's, but it's the thing, and that's what, you know, it took me a long time. Joan Morgan's book was very pivotal in my embrace, the When the Chicken Heads Come Home to Roost, mm-hmm. in my embrace of my value and the, and the knowledge, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't care mm-hmm. what they say, I'm not crazy. And I'm not whack because even in their critique, even in their authentic critiques of what was happening with Freestyle Union as it started to disintegrate, as you know that it did, it was like a five heartbeats movie of sorts. Um, as it started to disintegrate, um, oh. there was the space of this lack of self-critique. <gasps> this lack of self-critique where the, you could, mm-hmm. you do you contribute 5% of the energy to make this machine keep going. The person who gives 150% of her energy, as opposed to you taking like the other 95% of your energy and contributing to make the ship sail, you just sit on the sidelines because mm. women are supposed to be doing the work to be of service to you, be in submission to you, and to follow all of your leadership and ideas. Although it was her vision that made all of this possible. <laughs> so Absolutely. I'm just now so, mature so enough the story to is told about. over and over. Yes. Yeah, that is so I'm interested um, really quickly on who, if someone is trying to expand their repertoire of female MCs, like who would you suggest they go to? Why <laughs> so many? This is the fifth time this week. Who are some of your favorites? <laughs> this is the fifth time this week somebody's asked me this. Because you got, like, I have favorites. Like, I know so many women MCs. Mm-hmm. I need to type up my own list because my... Yeah. I, I, and then the fact that I know so many of them, you know, from Bahamadia to La Tere out of Chicago. La Tere, mm-hmm. who is started Mom's Hip Hop Kitchen, does all this work. I don't care if Latere ain't rhymed in three years. You give Latere a mic. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in the room will, oh, mm. oh, you know, so we're looking at Latere. And then um, I've watched Polaris like evolve at last, AKA Polaris. I've watched her evolve over these years. You know what I mean? Um, and, 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 and seeing how, like, she's so dope. Yeah, like she's part of my mentorship circle, but she's so dope. You just gotta pause. Mm. You gotta yeah, pause. Yeah, yeah. And so she only put out one album that needs to be re-released as just that album. No changes, no nothing, because all of her circle heard it. But I told her, I said, just take that same <laughs> album. Don't do nothing. New cover. Yeah. You in the yeah. desert. Now that you live in Vegas. Like, and so Polaris is just <laughs> incredibly, incredibly dope. And then, you know, Moo Moo Fresh, Moo Moo Fresh, like, I remember people, oh, I was, telling, Fresh, people, yeah, I was yeah. telling people she's an MC, and then they want to argue, no, she's not an MC, she's a singer. And I'm like, if y'all don't oh. shut up, you know, the mm-hmm. multi-talented, the expansive talent of black women, you know, she could be a painter, a knitter. <laughs> a, a, a sailor, a, a designer of a yeah. tiny homes, yeah. and sing. That don't mean she's not a dope MC. Yeah. So I had that discussion recently with someone, and um, and then of course that brought me back to Lauren Hill, and they wanted to debate me about my my love for Lauren Hill. I'm like, I'm not. But you know, you bring up a really good point, actually, and that basically is that um, 
And something that it really didn't hit me until literally just now is that a lot of the people in hip hop, known and not, that have inspired me in any which way, and I'm going to fucking include myself in this, yes. who have pushed the envelope in a particular and technical way and being free with their rhyme and letting their rhyme take them and expressing themselves in other ways within, under the umbrella of hip hop. I've mostly seen that with women. It's like, I'm going to experiment now. And I'm going to see where my voice takes me. All right, this is how I've learned how to rhyme. And then I'm going to play with my rhymes. And now I'm going to see where my, where my flow goes. Let the universe take control. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think that the, the, the survival of hip-hop, the survival of hip-hop, and I said this 20 years ago, and I stay true to it. Now, I have my doubts in there in between, y'all. <laughs> but right now I am so affirmed women yes. it's coming back to the women and I have mm. and I've had some beautiful men some beautiful brothers come across my life one is my big brother Jeff Weaver out of Philly and um we used to whisper in my ear about what I needed to do with this hip hop thing you know he was like you know Mike Tyson's a uh, boxing coach yeah. Like, he was that dude he was that dude like he even helped me write the hook I, I was writing a song about um rape a mother's daughter being raped and mm. uh, what was happening and it was him who helped me like i i felt i had become such a you know sun moon and stars sister that mm. i wasn't able to tap into how i really felt about it right yeah. but it was through his coaching in the studio that i got to the real like you know what the fuck is wrong with you cowards still a baby girl song all over flowers got me on some vigilante shit and i'm calling the trial like i couldn't get to that without having the masculine energy push push my masculine back center and so i've been very blessed in that i have all of these wounds caused by the male energy in hip-hop but i also know that the space i'm in right now 75 percent of the beings who have been pushing me and uplifting me have been men so and that's that's a deeper dominance deeper conversation about women and sisterhood that's, that, that's another show well, and, and, and that's a, and that's a um ah, ah, all the efforts that we try to continue on with <laughs> into kingdom calm to bring the sisters together bring the sisters together bring the black people together <laughs> listen thank listen. you thank you thank you yes. so much for joining us for yes. this episode of yga now we are going to transition yes. into our second part. So we're going to go outside for this episode's YGA post show, go back in time. Uh, it's 1990 something. <laughs> 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 just getting out of New Eureka Poets Cafe. That's right. <laughs> MCs are restless. That's right. Cypher. It's time to cipher right here on YGA. I would say I mm, struggle. <laughs> struggle <laughs> on freestyling, but I will join in. <laughs> I will participate a little bit as well. Let's go ahead and go to the YGA post show. Let's do it. So we are in right here. three of you gay aunties and in season three, we don't just have our one hour show. 
but we have our post show for up to yes. a second hour. So if you Where's are, <laughs> well, ah, there she is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So this yes. part, we have a special show that we uh, want to bring uh, to you all with Tony Blackman and special guests. And we have Kiara here, who is our live show engineer. Say hi to yeah. the children. Uh, yes. Hey, uh, cheers. <laughs> all right. So before we kick this global women's cipher off, just tell us really quickly, Tony, um, how global women's cipher came to be. Real quick. Well, Global Women's Cypher uh, grew out of my need to like stay connected. Um, uh, one of the one of the practices, one of my spiritual practices, is the cipher. And I used yeah. to think it sounded hella corny, you know. And I used to hate that the kids called me. I come into school, the cipher lady, the cipher lady, you know. But this idea of creating gatherings and spaces where we can be connected, and so. Um, uh, I was supposed to be doing a collab with Charmaine Minifield, visual artist and muralist from Atlanta. And then everything got canceled because of COVID. And so mm -hmm. part of the reasons that I needed to keep income rolling. So all the, all of my residency gigs, I was like, yo, we could do this virtually, yo. We could do this virtually. We could do this yeah. virtually. So um, Charmaine and, um, uh, and at Flux Art Projects in Atlanta said, yeah, we can. They were the only ones, by the way. And so uh, I, I brought together, so I said, you know what? We're going to pull this together online, what I wanted to do in, in, in real life. And that was it. And then the first one felt so good. Uh, I realized, I'm like, oh, you mean being on the shutdown doesn't stop us from being productive? Yeah. You mean we can keep growing the, these concepts and build community? What? Mm -hmm. And what? so the light bulb started to go off and I realized, well, monkey don't stop, no show. And then it just kind of caught. And I and I called MCs. Most of the MCs are people I have history with, you know, seven mm -hmm. or nine. And so the, the comfort level, the ease with working together was very beautiful. And um, and now we're building, working on the trailer and, yes. um, and identifying the best way to, to pull it also the whole world because my i'm global okay <laughs> so why why do i keep trying to fit into the american box mm, i don't fit inside that little box so um i don't know where mc sharon is um, yeah we wanted we which we, we we uh try to get mc sharon out of Nairobi on but we had some technical difficulties i thought see this is one reason i thought about suggesting we had like a, a few so if something happened, there was one. <laughs> but I, I was too tired. I was too tired this week to be the the Virgo that I. No, that's right. Um, she she uh, she actually uh, WhatsApp me. Um, she said the power went out um, a little earlier and it threw us off. And then we were trying to communicate while we're on air, and this just ain't gonna happen. Okay. So okay. MC Sharon's in the house in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but once you introduce this wonderful MC, I see in front of me right now. Oh, so uh, Spady, I call her Tosh Spady because I like these two. Spady the MC. Uh, Tosh, I met Tosh when she was a, a toddler, teeny bopper. Um, <laughs> Brooklyn uh, MC. 
And um, we, I was, I was, you know, y'all know I've done, Tony Blackman has had three thousand jobs with hip hop. People ask me, they said you used to work there. And I was like, did I? Okay, you say so, because I've done hundreds <laughs> of programs. And so she was a part of this one really beautiful program with City Lore Foundation in New York City. Um, and City Lore has been a big supporter of everything I do, and, and they partnered me with a griot, a jolly from Sierra Leone. And then there were seven young people that had to apply and get selected. It was a very competitive application process because the young people were going to get paid and they were going to get snacks. And and so they bought food for them and everything. And so it was connecting the hip hop and spoken word traditions to traditional African traditions, Kuwule Kamara. And it was just, it was just for me, it was like a moment of recognition. Like these kind of creative things I like to do can can be done if we partner with the right arts organizations. But who knew? And now, what, uh, 19 years later, Baby Girl is grown. And, uh, I don't know. I don't yes. know when that happened, y'all. They just grow so fast. Look at them. But oh! she is not only one of the dopest MCs I've ever met or worked with, but she's a she's a brilliant genius in many many ways. A study videography, audio engineering, and is is now um, planting roots in the South and studying permaculture and and ways to damn yes sustainable a sustainable community for um, our people. And one of the things I'm proudest of is that the people I rock with, everybody's so dope all around. <laughs> like visionary. Like visionary. Like social yeah. entrepreneurs yes. come out of our cipher. Social yes. entrepreneurs. And yes. um, so I sound like a proud auntie because I am. As you should be. <laughs> You're about, you're about to get proud. So we're going to try and do uh, this cypher. Now, listen, listen, listen. We're going with acapella. You know what I'm saying? We all outside of New York Weekend's Poets Cafe around 1 a.m. <laughs> Motherfuckers all juiced up and, and feeling good over the, the brilliant work that they heard. And now they just want to spit. <laughs> or do poetry. Or sing. Or come as you are. Because that is the original mode of the cipher. So, Tony, you're going to start it off. We're going to go around Robin. You know what I'm saying? Kiri, you're going to push the buttons. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my gift. All right, let's try and do this. Uh. Okay, we're going to do this. Okay. So, listen. So, I'm about to do this, and we're going to set this off. I'm pretty proud of myself because I got rid of the cough. This COVID time gave me time to clean, clean out my system, and y'all know what I mean. I done sat still, spent many hours and chill, and I'm still able to give you something you could feel. I try not to get angry or get too pissed when I think about the way Cheeto, he done this the people of America. We all mm. staring at ya. I don't know what's wrong, but these people got me like, gotcha, gotcha. It's like they uh. got us in a chokehold. What mm. we gonna do, see, to break their fold? New stories Ooh. need to be told. We gots to elevate. Come on, black people. Say we gots to relate and understand the way they tried to underrate us. We can't debate us in God. We gotta yeah. trust. I don't mm. need yeah. to fuss. Uh, we can't, can't stop the cipher because it's hot. 
And just like she said, we got to stay in the pot. So, so many people are trying to separate the people, but they don't understand they never will be our equals. We came from the soil that started the whole thing. I'm trying to understand how they try to say we won't reign. See, we are royalty. It's in our blood. You got to listen. Most of them is just spend unconscious decisions. And all I want to know is how we feeling in this world when they say too many people can't understand these girls. See, the girls is getting taken from their homes and subject to some things that they shouldn't and they know it. But see, when we come back and get together and we show it, they're going to understand that they really got to blow it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, I don't have a year that I stepped on the scene. I only got these bricks and the dust that I leave. Y'all never find a stage that ever made me heave. And MC got to know how to breathe. So here's a lesson, a little auntie blessing. Get up, start running before the sun show aggression. Run to mm. the corner, run to the store, run to your gut, say, mine don't hurt me no more. Then <laughs> <Best> stop, <laughs> try to spit the fire. You're tired, <laughs> halfway to the corner, you're crying, run again. If your fire ain't no higher than the kitchen you're running in, stop, spit again, and keep it spitting till the stage get dead. Mm. Yeah, MC, an MC, an MC lesson, a little auntie blessing. What? A veteran lesson, a little auntie blessing. <laughs> ah, ah, oh. uh. hey. <laughs> say her name, say her name. Brianna Killer's out there. WAP means we are prepared to see their ass locked up. <laughs> say her name, say her name. It shouldn't take a riot. Even when we quiet, we want to know what's up. Nazira Morris, say her name. Duana Johnson, say her name. Gabriella Navarez, say her name. Janissa Fonville, say her name. Kayla Moore, say her name. Maya Hall, say her name. Dominique Fells, say her name. Corinne Gaines, say her name. What? I'm tired. Grinding all night. Wonder when these wings I got supposed to take flight. Mm. Oh, nah, nah. I gotta ride with it. Ooh, wee, wee. Straight through the clouds with it. And now I'm heading straight for the sun. And I can't get burned if I live the life I earn. Mm, mm. Can you deal with me? Uh, yeah. Can you feel it with me? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, uh, uh, I stubbed my toe right before all the show. Well, uh, <laughs> the big still throbbing, but I'll let you know. Your day auntie got your best. Got your best. Test. Got your best. Come to pass the test. We telling you right now, put negativity to rest. Yes, I profess and right here I confess that yes. The podcast be the best. So don't you ask questions, you see, unless it makes sense and acknowledge the dignity and stay mm. in integrity the entire time. Otherwise, we gonna have to F with your mind off. Oh. Oh. So strong and full with power. That's the way it comes down. So don't be a coward. When we stand up in your face, no, it's in love. And that's why the black woman don't place no one above her. Above her. And don't what? be below. Uh, I said, this the way you got to let it flow. Uh, oh, bring wow. respect and protect your neck. Because yes. if you don't, we might have to reject. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. 
Nah. I couldn't spit no written because my mentor wasn't having that. Had to come through and go back for the battle cap. New York to the bed. Born and raised, never challenged that. I done been through so many things. Might as well tip your hat. A lot of dudes can't stand in my shoes, but they don't like that. They figure because I'm a girl, I could never say that I went that. I went there. I was on the block when I shouldn't have been there. But that's the things you do when you thinking you got to sit there. You got to intertwine and sometimes you got to fit in. I should have been my own, but that was me way back then. Now I'm too grown. I done bought me some land trying to build for my people because I know where we are. Yes. More financial stability. That's what we need. Mm. And I'm saying I want to be the one to plant that seed. So I'm out here. Yeah. I'm out here on the front lines, putting in work, making sure that nobody else have to hurt. That's how we do it. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> that was that was fun. That's fun. You know, we, we do the best we can via these internet times, but I was feeling all of that. I was feeling Absolutely. Energy. And thank you all so much for, for coming and for sharing your gifts with us. Yes. 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 Thank you, Spady. And big up to MC Sharon over in Nairobi. We know you hear the spirit. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, yes. So if someone wanted to uh, get in touch with you all, how do they do that? Yes. You can uh, hit me up on Instagram, uh, Spady underscore CEO Moolah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, my, you know, uh, my my stage name is Spady. You can you can look me up uh, if you want to hit my my email. You want to send send me some information. Uh, that will be M C M C, just the letters. Spady S P A D E E at gmail.com. And no, um, you know, we'll that's put it in the show notes as well. We'll put it in the show notes so people know. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Spady, for rolling with us. Hold on, and I want to talk to you later about permaculture off the record. For real. <laughs> All yeah, right, no bro. problem. <laughs> All right. Since I got some land, we are the same we right here. We right yeah. here. <laughs> All right, be well, be yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Miss Tony Blackman, Miss Blackman, yes, we're going to shift gears a little bit here, and we want you to come and and join us while we do the awesome task of answering a letter from the children. <laughs> Here's your letter, dear aunties. I don't know if y'all still taking questions. <laughs> but if so, I have a big one. How do you deal with a parent who suffers from bipolar? Of course we get the heavy ones. Of course. <laughs> How do you deal with a parent who suffers from bipolar? Who has problems letting go? Someone who has leaned on you emotionally since you're, you were too young to even truly do something about a mother who I, about it. Okay, so who I tried to, who a mother who I tried to love and be there for no matter what, you do it. It's never enough whenever I talk about moving away. She says things like, you're not going to like living on your own, oh, poor baby. <laughs> you're not going to like living on your own, stay home as long as you can, as long as you can. Come, but <laughs> being here, sorry, but being here with her, she is the only person who knows how to manipulate me, couldn't you know that, just right to get me to do what she wants. Mm. I'm also gay. Of course. And I don't think she's really come to terms with it. 
and she keeps asking me if she will ever have grandchildren. But any woman I bring home, she has problems. So if you're still taking questions and open for advice, I'm 27 with my own job and I take care of her since she has no job currently. Mm. Oh, and I tried therapy. She says she don't like people all in her business. <laughs> what should she do? Oh, and this is her name uh, is No Name. <laughs> her name is No Name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, No Name. Where to begin? We want all of our aunties to kind of give a little chime in. I hope we support you during this time. Which if this is your mom, and if she has been diagnosed with bipolar, and you are her daughter, then you have been living with someone with bipolar for a while. So there's probably things that we probably can't relate to or help you with, and that you have to tap into your own um, experience with your mother. So take what we say, but put it in context with your experience with your mom. And know that ain't none of us therapists, but we're going to still try to attack this baby. Anybody want Jim to come back? I know what I'm going to say. So the first thing that comes for me is that we know just as, especially as women, um, we try to save mm. those around us who are struggling. Like we try to help. We try to, to make things better. Um, mm. I think what, just from what I'm reading from your letter, you know that um, there have been times where you've tried to to branch out and just assert yourself in your adulthood, right? You try to establish yourself um, as an adult, get a place, you know, have have some some separate experiences. But then that guilt comes of um, am I abandoning my mother who needs me, right? Um, I will say. And this might sound a little um, off off task for what a normal red summer advice would be, um, but she grown too, <laughs> and she's had every opportunity to uh, build the kind of life that she wants to build, and you haven't. And so, um, I won't say abandon her completely and all those good things that'll tap into your guilt stuff, but definitely find ways to establish your independence in all of the ways that you can. And if that means at some point you need to move, you need to go see the world, you need to go, whatever those things are, you just got to do those things. And trust that adults can can fend for themselves in all of the ways that they know how. I've had plenty of people live with me for multiple amounts of years. And when they left, they were just fine. And I'm like, well, hell, you could have left two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you doing good. (laughs) And if she doesn't do good, that's not your fault. Like people are going to stumble. They're going to struggle as long as they're not um, in the place where they're, they're stepping up to their responsibilities. At some point you're going to have to do you. Yeah. You're going to have to do you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick it back on what Red says. I'll let Tony jump in, but um, 
I understand that someone who suffers bipolar episodes, that can be a lot, you know, but all of us have mental health issues that we are challenged by, whether they're diagnosed or just by nurturing, you know, uh, but still, at the end of the day, I am responsible for myself. And if your mother was able to take care of you, she could take care of herself. Mm-hmm. And like Red said, you can come and chime in. Like you said, you got a job, you handle yourself, then get grow bigger and better and bolder. And so you can help your mother out when at some point she truly is going to need your help. Yeah. But you can't be there if she disables you from growing into who you need to be and you having that space. Then when it's time you to really be there, you don't been fucked up and you've been quote unquote thinking you taking care of your mother, but you're really not unless you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess I would I would add the importance of therapy, um, not for not with the focus on her, but a focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. You need therapy. You need therapeutic support. You need counseling. You need someone you can vent to that can help walk you through these steps toward independence. It is imperative. It is critical, and it is necessary. Um, and that therapy has has little to do with her because this is your life, and that has to become like a, a greater focus. Um, I, I would also recommend energy healing because if you've been living with this parent your whole life, there's a lot of energetic stuff that is preventing you and blocking you from being able to think and move with clarity. And then um, the if you don't honor yourself, you're going to live a oh, no. lot of feelings. And the resentment affects your organs. It affects your productivity. It affects your other relationships. So any lover or partner or wife you have, is going to get the brunt of your wounds and your trauma. So feel the energy and move deeply into this work. I'm telling you that manipulation is, um, it, it, you think you're aware of her manipulation. Wait till you start to heal. You're going to see all kinds of things that you couldn't see before. And then you're also going to recognize in your friendship, you're going to have your mom is going to show up in your relationships, in your, your intimate relationships. So just live in truth and know that, if you have a guilt complex, I understand that I'm a caretaker or whatever. That means you need to, instead of moving in six months, you're going to move within two years. And in this two years, you're going to set her up. You're going to get all the resources. You're going to apply for all the paperwork. You're going to start to move your stuff out. You're going to start to decide where you want to live. You're going to pick your location. You're going to make sure your love relationship is healthy and not taken away. But it has to be strategy. Strategy. Yes, strategy. Yes. You got to live. Because you, you can die live. tomorrow. You could die tomorrow. And if she dies next year, what you going to do? No hmm. plan, no strategy, no healing. Exactly. Yeah. And, when you, and when you get to the point, just to, do, to even double down on uh, you getting therapy for yourself, can't say that enough because it's not until you get therapy for yourself and, and kind of uh, have your own personal exhale in regards to your experience being raised with your mother and have that clarity that Tony is talking about, then you can reapproach your mother around not just getting therapy that can lead to her hopefully getting some medication that can help her manage her bipolar, but you'll also be in a place enough for nothing. And I know this makes, well, I'm the auntie that says this, you're going to have to give her an ultimatum. Every child does that at some point. Yes. And every and most mothers succumb and they use it as a force to change, to figure it out, whatever. So your mother has done what she has done with you. Look at you. You're doing okay. You're trying at least. Now you can do her a solid. Slip her an ultimatum when you're ready. Like, listen, mommy, 
I know we haven't really been talking much. I moved out, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I will pay for your therapy or whatever you, your case may be. But I need you to go. If you are not willing to at least try, then we're going to have a hard time moving forward. And you'll be able to find the words to be articulated, to articulate what you need to articulate to her how, without no fear and no guilt and absolute love. No shaking mm. in your voice. Yes. Absolute love. And you might need to write it out. Exactly. You might yes. Maybe you need to, you need to start journaling yes. that conversation, although it might not happen for a year. Or two, or three. Journaling that conversation. It's a process. It's a process. Yes. It's a process. I know that you asking this question here, getting all this truth Mm -hmm. from all of these sisters. Jam's coming down like hell, baby. (laughs) Kiara, what do you think? Um, Y'all basically took everything out of my mouth that I was going to say. But from my own experience, not having a parent that has like a bipolar disorder, but my mom just having like anxiety and like leaning on me emotionally growing up, Mm. like getting older, going to therapy and learning to set boundaries and learning to, like you just said, like talking to my mom and being like, look, like this is how certain things that you did affected me. And I can see how some of those things are still affecting our relationship today. And this is what we're going to have to change in order for us to, you know, have a healthy relationship and for us to be able to talk and have conversations every week and everything like that. Like you can't um, have a, a situation where your parent is dependent upon you when it comes to your emotions or their emotions. And it can, like you said, like it leads to, it gets into your partner relationships and then you end up in codependent, you know, relationships and that's just not even cute. And so a definitely go and get some therapy and just learn how to set those boundaries for yourself. Learn um, how to, like you said, just be independent and um, be able to support yourself in that way so that when things do, you know, kind of pop up where you feel like that manipulation is coming in, you see it and you can shut it down. Because if not, it's going to be a cycle and you're going to pass it on. And it's just, and, 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 yeah. and, and understand that shutting it down sometimes, it's not so much arguing or being confrontational with your mother. Sometimes it's like, okay, mommy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> sometimes, no, seriously, sometimes yeah. the, revert, the roles are reversed and you're literally using child manipulation yes, for your yes, own mama. Yes. Yeah. But that's real and welcome to adulthood. And, and in those conversations, like, you can ask, well, what kind of life do you want like aspire for me to have mommy like do you do you want me to spend my whole life right here with you and never like go into the world and never is that what you want for me you know what I'm saying (laughs) because she may have never asked herself that question like and and a lot of people are like now cited like I need you now and they don't think about those, the results and the, the effects of that, right? They don't think about what, what that might be keeping you from or how that might be affecting you or or anything outside of their, their selves, right? And so having that conversation just twist, turned a little bit. Like, so what did you think I would be when I grew up? <laughs> you know, did you have dreams and, 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 and things for me when I was a baby? Right. Like, hmm. Right. Yeah. So, what do you think about me pursuing those now? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, <laughs> Just kind are. of put, <laughs> kind of put some of that stuff into perspective. Yeah. Why are you bringing this teacher of psychology? <laughs> because school starts back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Mother has to be ready. <laughs> 
Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, unless anyone has anything else to, to, to tell my no name, no name. It's kind of cute. Um, baby, just, just, just take your time with it like everything else. Um, I hope what we said here helps inspire you or lead you to uh, taking some action with yourself, with your mom. And, and keep us posted. All right? Yeah. Keep us posted. All right, so we have a one, now I think we're going to just move into it. We asked the children, they have this one adulting question. All right, let's do that. All right, so this adulting question um, was asked on uh, YG by BTT Podcast. Right, or butt podcast. I'm sure it's not butt. So. <laughs> and first, okay, let me just let me uh, lay out the one question, which really let me contextualize it. So I'm not sure. Uh, they so BTT podcast uh, asked, "How do I balance a checkbook?" And so I'm like, "Wait a minute, baby. So do you mean a budget, or do you mean like a literal checkbook? Because I ain't talking about a checkbook." <laughs> And I don't know how long. Yeah, I but, haven't had a checkbook like well, two accounts ago. I know, right? <laughs> um, but then she chimed in. Other people started chiming in. She chimed in and she says, because my dad said that I should add $5 to everything and you'll never overdraft. <laughs> so if you are still doing like the the ledger, right? That's what it was called. <laughs> if you are still documenting all of your purchases, I commend you. That is a skill that Mother Summer does not have. Um, <laughs> but adding five dollars to all of your purchases, though in theory it will like you'll have more money left, you won't have a balance, right? And the point is to have a balance in what you know that you're bringing in, what you know that you've spent so that you're clear about how much you actually have, right? If you want to add that $5, you can set up in your account where that $5 every time you spend goes into your savings, right? Exactly. If the point mm -hmm. is to have, a, you know, an, an excess of money somewhere. Um, but I would not recommend um, just arbitrarily mixing up the numbers if you are keeping the ledger. Because that's the equivalent of basically not just minding your books. And you know what happens? That random subscription from Hulu or some <laughs> random thing you signed up, you think you got $4.99 in the bank. <laughs> you know, you really don't know what you got, but you got $4.99. Here come Hulu with their $5.99 charge. Guess who just paid $40 for Hulu? <laughs> yeah. And I would say, too, don't just go to your account and think that if it says you have however much that that's what's in there. Check your pending. Like, make sure that, you know, like little things, like if you go to certain gas stations, they only charge you a dollar until they process it. So then you think you have that extra 35 or however much it costs to fill your tank up. And then it's gone two or three days later. But mm -hmm. you're not really paying attention. attention. So those are kind of the kinds of things that you want to look out for. A lot of people just give that uh, relationship over to their banks <laughs> and not really watch their statements. Mm -hmm. You need to not do that as well because <laughs> banks love to slip in charges, Maintenance double fees. charges, fees. Yeah. And all those little things that you can call and say, ah, ah, ah. 
right? Charge <laughs> and get on, put right that in. back in there. And when they get caught, they give it back, right? <laughs> so those are just some things to to look out for. Managing your own money is is a big part of adulting, and so I just appreciate the question. Uh, my best friend is definitely a numbers on paper person. She keeps a budget like in a notebook all the time. She manages all those things like that's just her thing. I am a much more free spirit. <laughs> Hopefully it's enough in there to make it work. <laughs> I, would, I would add to look out. There are plenty of um, programs, uh, groups, communities, um, many led by Black women around learning uh, the basics of finance, financial management. I, I joined um, the Live Richer Challenge in the Dreamcatchers with Tiffany the Budgetista. Yeah, but there's like there's three or four others that I that I sometimes follow as well. I can't come up with their names, but you can join these groups in Facebook groups for free, and then you can do the some of sometimes they have free challenges. Um, or they have groups where you pay like a small amount for monthly subscriptions and you can walk through the basics of every single thing because it sounds like this question, you know, it's a bottom line basic um, question. And so sometimes it's best to learn. If you learn those in groups and in communities, you learn it better. Exactly. Now you can also ask the questions you're not sure and someone can also tell you, like we're telling you, do not do what your dad told you. You can love your dad to death. Do not take that bit of advice. Okay. Um, one other thing I'll, I'll just um, add is get into the habit. Because what is this relationship? Of, this is about the relationship with money, right? And a mm -hmm. checkbook, as you say, is just one of the tools. A budget is just a tool. Yeah. So two quick things. One, um, along with a lot of the, the people that, uh, that Tony um, mentioned, there is a very cheap app called YNAB. It means you need a budget. And that really just changed my life. They, they are not a sponsor, but I am plugging them because the shit changed my life. And the JC is a different attitude towards budgeting. Um, not going too much into it, but basically, you know, you start with what you have. You got $5 in the bank, you use YNAB to allot that $5. You don't sit on your money. You allot it. You see where your money goes. You really have a handle of how much you have, how much you really have to spend, and what you and, and, and prioritize, which is another thing that everyone has to learn. I'm still learning how to prioritize where I spend my money. What's in the, the last app? It's called YNAB. The acronym is the Y N A B as a boy. And it's, you need a budget. It means it stands deep as a budget, right? You need a budget. But their approach to budgeting makes sense from my mind. Took a long time to find something. But another thing I, I think is a, a, a bit of advice. Listen, we all don't do it, but if you can get in the habit of waking up every morning and check your bank account. Literally, just, just glance at the bitch, for real. Because a lot of times, I for most of my adult life, I must admit that I would go weeks without looking at my bank account and I'm tallying shit right. in my head. Yeah, I got about this. I know I got pay rent. You know, you have to have enough. Boom, boom. Then all these bills start collecting. That automatic collection, you know, and then the only bill I got to write out, like my rent check and I go to check my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um... Check your bank account. It takes two seconds. So and if you know, you know you're not financially responsible, take them bills off auto pay. Take them bills <laughs> off true. auto pay. Or you have, have to pay part. Yeah. 
that if the money's not there, they can't charge nothing anyway. And it's just mm-hmm. exactly do yeah, do something separate it. Have it come out of your savings account. You know, we put an extra five dollars that your daddy told you to put. <laughs> <laughs> but really the savings account is really just the overdraft account. Yeah. Your savings, yeah. you know. Yeah. So do that. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh um baby, what's your name? BTT. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> See, uh, I'll be forgetting. So, BTT Podcast. <laughs> Pay your money. Check your money. <laughs> Check out people that uh, Tony mentioned. We'll put it in the show uh, notes. Everything that Red just broke down, I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying. Don't get surprised. <laughs> don't, and don't listen to your daddy. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, daddy. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. My daddy's still strapped. Right. I'm saying <laughs> okay. your, your daddy living well, well he's still trying to get by like the rest of us. Yes, well thank you, BTT Podcast, for sending us your one adulting question. If you all have questions that you want to share, join the conversation on IG at your gay aunties. Yes, and of course, we always love your letters. You know how to holler at us, your gay aunties at gmail.com. You can also DM us um, uh, via um, Instagram. Uh, and if you aren't, have you realized yet, we are bi weekly. We're no longer weekly, we are bi weekly. So as we come to you August 16th, Sunday, we will see you again August 30th, a couple Sundays from now. And with that being said, lovelies, my name is Anifa Walida. I am Red Summer. I'm Kiara Shore. I'm Tony Blackman. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> and we are the